Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we take a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my co-host and friend of 2021, now 2022, Palmer. How are you today? We made it through another year. Yeah, we did. We're it was here. It was close. Yeah, well, it was really touch and go when you found those nuclear codes, and I was really worried <laughs> for a bit, but we but we needed another person to turn the key, so we're okay. Yeah. It's the crimson, it was a crimson tide yeah, roll all right. over again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And joining us on our best of 2021 episode, as she does every year, is Lisa from I Love That Movie Podcast. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm excited to uh, to chat about this year, this weird year in movies. I think we thought last year that would be one weird year. Going on two, maybe three. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, turns out we got another weird year and maybe we'll do it again next year. It's going to be fun. All right. Let's hope. All right. So um, these are the rules. Um, if you... It movie came out in 2021. That's cool. If it was released in 2020, uh, if it was released in 2021, but you didn't happen to see it until we recorded this podcast, that's okay too. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's about it. I'm gonna Palmer. I'm gonna Those start. Are your with, rules. Yeah, then they're the ones you're gonna follow because <laughs> I have you, the buttons. In front you of me. can try. Yep, Palmer, you're gonna start. Um, okay. Could you, could you give us your number ten of 2021? Yes, my number ten is going to be a movie that we're going to talk about I think quite a few times uh, one right now, one come the Oscars because it's at least getting nominated and that's Power of the Dog from Netflix. Power of the Dog yeah that's definitely going to be nominated why is it in your top 10? Uh, well it is from the uh, director of The Piano and we all know how much I actually enjoyed The Piano I have no recollection she... of how you felt about The Piano at all. I only remember how I, I felt about The Piano and it wasn't which was wrong. Yeah, yes so I I mean she can set atmosphere really well and the cast is really good it's got Benedict Cumberbatch Kirsten Stewart um, that is not her name Kirsten Dunst no is Kirsten Dunst yes Kirsten Dunst uh, the guy from the uh, board game movie Jesse Clemens <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. I'm sure he's got a name you did like this movie right you do know. I did but I never remember I never remember his name is okay. the thing Jesse Clemens I, in my mind I, it's discount Matt Damon because he looks like a funhouse mirror version of Matt he Damon. He does. He does. He does. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. But yeah. Uh, you also got Cody Smith McPhee, yep. who you know has been in uh, um, X Men movies and Planet of the Apes, and he's more importantly not Timothy Chalamet, who I think they would have tried to sneak into this movie if they could have. I think he's too maybe too handsome for the role. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's it's a movie that uh, is a slow burn. It's sets its pace it sticks by it and it's a movie that while watching it i was like huh i'm actually enjoying this movie a lot more than i probably think i should or would mm -hmm. um so it was it was a surprise more than anything that's great that's great especially uh, since i saw it like after everyone started like raving about it and i usually hate doing that that's also very true lisa did you get to see power of the dog i did i think i had a different reaction than palmer did i found that movie very difficult to sit through not because it was made poorly but because of the subject matter was very painful and um, miserable. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I can Mayfield. definitely understand that. Yeah, yeah I can definitely understand well. that take. <laughs> and it was a great cast. So, I mean, I understand that part of it. Yeah, I, I I lie somewhere in the middle of the two of you where I like recognize that it was good. I everybody was doing a good job. It, it had it, the, the I liked the mood, the tone. Um, I liked how it ended, which was which was all great. I just I had a hard time getting into the whole the whole thing. Like there were moments where I was quite invested and then there were other times where I was ready to turn it off and so it didn't quite hit for me. Um oh. that might be that might be the setting more than anything. I, I just have a I have a difficulty with Westerns. I just it's something in yeah. my brain like it just turns off and I become disinterested. <laughs> so um I, it has to be really good Western for me to be uh, um invested the whole time. Actually Cody Smith Sophie was in one of those Westerns. He was in Slow West from like Fastbender, which I find which I found great. Um oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Really I good. I will say that um, as much as I do like this movie, it kind of just barely made it into the top 10 because last week I sat down and looked at my top 10 or I looked at my entire list for the year and I was like, all right, what am I going to say about these movies? And I got to a movie in my top 10 that I was like, I don't remember you at all. Not even a little. (laughs) And then I looked it up and I'm like, yeah, I remember liking this movie, but I really can't like figure out what I would say about it. So I was like, out you go. (laughs) And that kind of pushed in power of the dog. No, that's that's fine. Well, that's all right. Let's move to Lisa's number 10. Okay, this is going to be controversial. Um, <gasps> so early my number in the episode. 10, and I'm sorry if you're listening and this pains you to sit, to hear me say it, but my number 10 is uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number 10. Number 10 yeah. for wow. Zack Snyder's Justice League. That is yeah. that is kind of controversial. Yeah, it's I, it, you know, to some people it's low, to some people it's too high. <laughs> so, But, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's long, you know, um, but it's definitely the true vision of what the director had in mind it's a much better story it's better told and people wanted it bad enough and i at one point you know was kind of like i don't need it that bad i'm okay I'm, I'll, I'll live on i'll be fine if we never see it but then when we did see it i mean it was good so it makes my top 10 that's a good top 10 and, oh, that's fine i have um I, I i would also argue it's different enough that it is a it is a different you know it, it is yeah it's funny because i like in my making my list of like do i count this it is different but is it different enough to say that I watched a completely different movie? Because yes. in broad strokes, I didn't. Um, I watched a much better movie for sure. Um, but I wasn't sure if it was like I don't. Um, I don't know if it felt uh like it counted in like it's brand like it's an entirely new film altogether. Um, it just can't be. You know, it's a different director's cut. But um, um, but I did quite enjoy it. It's in my top twenty of the year, but it's not in my top ten. It for me for me it goes right up there with say Daredevil, the Ben Affleck movie that also has a director's cut. I mean, I, I do like them both, but that also has a director's cut that is completely different from oh, the okay. movie that you saw. That. Yeah. yeah. That, that There's an entire is... like side story with Coolio in it. It's weird. Yeah, mm. it's a, Matt being a, a lawyer. It's great. There's yeah. Good stuff in there. <laughs> um, that's good. That's a that's a solid... I think we've all, at different points in our lives and on shows, talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League, so I will move on uh, from, from Lee's Top 10, and I'll go to mine, but I have a question for mine. What I have listed in my number 10 is not a um it's not a narrative film it's kind of like a, a special documentary thing so okay. does that count documentaries count I would they're count technically it. movies yeah it's not really a documentary but okay so my number 10 is inside bo burnham i don't know if oh that... my nope, gosh that's... it's such a good pick i wish i had put that now <laughs> nope that doesn't <laughs> count God. that would be like up towards 
the top. Okay. Uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. But I, I love yeah. your choice. Thank you. All right. Then I'm going to keep it. Yeah. It was, I did not have, uh, I was not coerced into watching it, but I, um, I was heavily guided into watching it, um, by a few people. And so I, so I said, finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And it blew me away. I just thought it was an amazing piece of filmmaking considering it was him by himself. Everything is, you know, DIY and the songs are great. The cinematography for what he is doing is good. And I think it hits all the right notes at all the right time. Yeah, it profoundly affected me <laughs> when I saw it. I was like crying. I was like very emotionally invested. Uh, he hit, he just nailed something that we were all kind of feeling at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then also sort of explored other mental health things. And, but it was also artistic and yeah, it was really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, so it was good. Palmer, did you get to see it? I'm going to say that you didn't based or you I, did it based on Yeah, no, I I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Okay, All right. no worries. No problem. All right, moving on to Palmer's number nine. My number nine is directed by somebody who made one of my most reviled movies from a few years ago, Hostiles. And oh, God, the director Hostiles. is Nate. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> the director is Scott Cooper, who put out a really good um, folklore horror movie that has been on the it's been on the radar for some years but kept getting pushed back uh, largely due to the pandemic and that is antlers oh, oh my gosh yeah. i want to see that Me, that was the yes. what guillermo del toro produced but didn't yep guillermo yeah, 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 del yeah, toro I... produced it carrie russell's in it uh the guy from that board game movie is also in it jesse clemens it's not that hard it's uh not it's a hard name. it's clemens ha it's clemens i got damn. it right in front of me damn you were just <laughs> waiting for me to say it wrong again i hate you i really was <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, so Carrie Russell plays a teacher who uh, sees something like wrong with one of her students. Like he's very, he's not really acting all there. So she kind of takes upon herself to investigate it. It leads into this whole thing. Um, it has, you know, it's it's a great mythology movie. It's totally not a horror movie. It's it's just about like mythical creatures with ghosts. Okay, so it's definitely a horror movie because you, yeah, you just absolutely said it's an inside yeah. joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn horror movie that's very. It could. It feels like it could have been done by Del Toro, that's, but it was done by some. Yeah, it's done by somebody else. Very, very atmospheric, and actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It, it's another one that kind of surprised me. Like I've been wanting to see this for a while, but I'd always been on the edge of like, am I really gonna like this movie? Turns out you did. So. Yeah. Um. For for context with that, for the joke that Palmer said when Del Toro's Crimson Peak came out, he said, "Oh, it's not a." A horror movie. It's a love story with ghosts. And Palmer and I went to go see it, thinking like, "Oh, it's a love story with ghosts." And there's a jump scare like two minutes into the movie, and we're I, like, "Not a horror not movie." A horror movie either. I think it's like if you watch a lot of horror, you're like, "No, this is too like atmospheric and romantic." It's a it's a, it's a gothic. But movie. I know what you mean. It's, it's not really hard. And wrong. he was right, but it was more like <laughs> there's a jump scare right at the beginning of the movie, and we're like, <laughs> "Not a horror movie." Like, yeah. Ever since ever since that movie, Tim is slept with the lights on and makes his cat like stand guard with a little like with like a little like cap gun and a helmet it's great yeah he loves the helmet i don't know why but you know <laughs> his little ears get smushed uh, no and i love crimson peak it's one of my favorites um yeah so that's good all right we didn't see it so no more from us so lisa your number nine uh my number nine would be the suicide squad the suicide squad not mm-hmm. to be confused with other squads um yes. tell me about the suicide squad that was my number 11 12 13 14th favorite of the year um i you know when they said that they were going to make this i you know the 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 james gunn controversy happened
happened. Um, and I chimed in that I thought, you know, what he did was extremely inappropriate. Don't really care how long it was ago. Um, and I went through all that. Um, and then I kind of came out on the other side of like, you know, I still like his films. Um, and then they announced this and I thought, honestly, this is like a good fit for his aesthetic. Um, let's see what he does because, you know, I really liked the, 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 su- or Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we didn't get the cut that David Ayer intended, but I liked that film. I just, the last third of it is not great. And I remember thinking, watching that, like, man, I read this Suicide Squad comic and it like opened with them with like a zombie attack. And I thought, man, that's really fun. Like, I kind of wish the movie was kind of like that, where there, there were just like more fun scenarios. And I feel like this film really gave that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it had just like a great cast. Um, and I don't know, I, I left the theater just happy and enjoying it and you know maybe I'm influenced because I'm watching Peacemaker now but loving that too never thought I would care about that show at all but I love it so same I don't know had to yep. make my top 10 it it, it clearly had an effect on me yep. <laughs> so I, I liked it yeah I agree especially uh for it having for it having a lasting effect like I couldn't give two hoots about the Suicide Squad normally um and that was pre their first movie and post their first movie I that movie utterly underwhelmed me in almost every way um and so I was I watch Suicide Squad. Kind of, I watch all the superhero comic movies. I just, I think it's now just habit. I'm, uh, we are, we are all from that comic movie generation of the. If sure. I stop watching it, they'll go away, and I don't want <laughs> them to go away. So I have to watch all of them because I remember the only, like, the only exciting comic thing on T, like, ever was like David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury on TV, and that's like all you got. Like that was it. Like, and like, if you didn't like it, too bad. Um. So, um. But I really, I, I really like that. I agree. I think that his his zaniness fits. Um, uh, the 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 actual uh, insaneness of the Suicide Squad and their missions and a lot of those characters and I think has to do a great job and Lord knows I didn't give two hoots about Peacemaker before that movie and here I am loving on that show uh, just like you so um, good choice good choice um, Palmer you did not see the Suicide Squad if I recall correctly you are correct I I'm just with James Gunn I just can't okay well then no I'm going to move to my number nine myself which is being the Ricardos um, Aaron Sorkin's Aaron Sorkin's latest um i don't know if either of you saw being the ricardos i did excellent excellent paul did you watch being the ricardos yeah i texted you while i was watching it i don't remember that um so, no i do because you were because <laughs> you said something about one of the ricky's lines or something but uh, yeah uh, i am i am like a huge lucille ball fan like i grew up watching i love lucy it was our favorite it was like one of my favorite shows as a kid it was nick at night all the way all the time we had all the had them all taped off a of tv and the dvds and all that stuff and so i have like read her I have um, read her autobiography and I've listened to the TMC podcast and I was like so ready for being the Ricardos and they just I thought nailed it all the way through they got who she was uh, they got who Desi Arnaz was and I really liked that the focus was um, uh, maybe the, the television in the in the 50s and the industry and how and it's parallels today and it just there really wasn't a, a misstep um, for my money in the whole thing and I just thought I just thought it was great as did their kid and I thought that was also tell. Um, um, mm. Luso, Is he uh, Junior? Lucy. Um, uh, Luso. Yeah. Uh, Palmer. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's it's a movie that takes the shot at the McCarthy hearings, and you're never gonna you're never gonna lose me with one of those movies. That is true. You do love McCarthyism, but not yeah. Joseph McCarthy. You have to be very clear about that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I love I love people standing up against McCarthy. Correct. Yeah. That's yes. good. Uh, Lisa, what did you think? Yeah. I. Um, you know. I think last year there was a a really 
good I Love Lucy documentary that came out. And I watched that. And, you know, growing up, my dad had always told me about their tumultuous relationship. And like you, I, I grew up watching the show a lot, but he would always mention like, oh, you know, uh, Rick, Ricky was like a ladies man and he was horrible to her. And she tried to use the show to save her marriage and all that stuff that everyone says. And when I saw the documentary, it really humanized both of them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, showed that their relationship was complicated and layered and painful, but ultimately left me in a more positive place than I, I think than what you hear in the tabloids. Yep. And yeah. I think this movie did a good job of capturing that. Um, maybe not quite 100% like this documentary did where she like towards the end of the documentary, they're like, she's basically like, I, I loved him. I loved him as a person. I just couldn't stay married to him, but I loved him and I had compassion for his addiction and you know, things like that mm-hmm. really just added layers to who they were. Um, but I think the movie did a pretty good job of, of showing us that and not just having it be a movie about, you know, a, a powerful woman that's getting, um, I don't know, abused by her husband and that's it. You know what I mean? Right. I, I felt like they, they did a good job of, of telling the full story and, and, and it was good. I, I don't know. I still feel weird about the casting still. Um, Javier Bardem is great. And I mean, obviously Nicole Kidman's a great actress. I just, I still wonder if they were miscast, <laughs> but other than that, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't sure how I felt when they were cast, but I thought that, I thought that she nailed it and I'm not a, I don't really care for Nicole Kidman most of the time. I always think like, okay, I see that you're doing a good thing. Good for you. And that's great usually, yeah, right. Yeah. Great. You're doing a great <laughs> job. You're watching that screen magnificently. Um, but, uh, I thought I was really taken with her performance because she, oh, okay. she got, yeah, she got the layers. Um, but it was Harvey Bardem that actually really stole the show for me, even though he doesn't look like Desi Arnaz very much. I think he really captured like the, his essence, his intelligence. Um, and, uh, I appreciated that because he was a novelty in himself. Like so much of it is on Lucio Ball, but like Desi Arnaz is like a, a really important part of Hollywood history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, more like, than just him having affairs, you know? Yeah. Right. It's almost mm-hmm. unfair that that is kind of like where people's brains go first. I'm like the three camera sitcom that's Desi Arnaz, like yeah. not like not watching it live and pre-recording it. That's Desi Arnaz. Like there's so much that is kind of on him that people just take grant in Hollywood yeah. now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that goes to Palmer's number eight, number eight, based on a true story and probably one of his best movies in a long time. Uh, and it's uh, Will Smith with King Richard. Mm, good choice. Based on based on the family dynamic of Venus and Serena Williams and I know there was a lot there was a lot of guff that the movie took for naming it after the father and kind of making the movie about him and not his not his actual tennis playing daughters but I think they I think they show enough in the in the movie that this is a complete story about how he had a vision back when these back when they were still babies and they kind of carried it through like without their talent he doesn't matter what he wants mm. but he tried to keep them on that road and i think the movie's enough about all three of them that it doesn't really like take away from their accomplishments and greatness and and i like i said i think it's one of will smith's best roles in a long time probably since um concussion oh, i loved him in concussion he was so good that was cool. you know he he just wasn't playing will smith which is right. hard you for know. him to yeah which is hard for him to do so i wouldn't be surprised if he gets a acting nomination from it uh but yeah i i really enjoyed this movie i like sports movies in general and this was kind of a different take it wasn't just like you gotta win the you know you gotta win the the championship 
you know, it's more about a progress of getting there. Yeah, I didn't get to see King Richard, so I have nothing to say. Um, so Lisa. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Palmer, um, and also want to mention that I had that knee-jerk reaction of like, why why are we telling a story about the father and not about the, you know, the, the daughters that uh, that got these awards? But, you know, I got corrected, <laughs> not personally, <laughs> but, you know, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of uh, Black women that were like, hey, like, stay in your lane, white ladies, um, you know, this is a, a positive representation of Black fatherhood, um, number one. And then another thing about it is so many times we hear about prodigies, uh, you know, kids that were raised uh, to be like like your Tiger Woods or somebody like that, where they had such, it sounds like such a miserable childhood. And this mm-hmm. is so different from that because their parents were so invested and so involved and so loving and put their education first. I mean, really put them first in a way that you don't see. And like, there's a lot of scenes in the movie where they show that like a kid losing and and being afraid or so scared of disappointing their parents or too angry and their parents instead teaching them like hey it's okay to lose sometimes and yeah. you know, be humble and be a good person and so I mean I just think yeah it, the, the the movie was just telling a different story it's not just about their accomplishments it's about like you said the whole thing so highly recommend it, it also I think shows like how much uh, his wife also did for them mm-hmm. like yeah, she's I just agree. not she's not just pushed off to the background as just a ancillary character you know she has her moments in this movie to the extent of there was a ward buzz around her as well at least getting a nomination i don't know if that's kind of died down but i you know i wouldn't be shocked and i would say it's well deserved yeah so so yeah it's it's definitely about the family dynamic yeah. more than anything right well that's not, i mean you guys your conversation has sold me on watching it if that is any consolation or not I, yeah so. i think you'll love it that's great well, i'm gonna watch it then um so next up uh is paul uh no lisa's yeah go ahead okay uh shang chi is um my next one nice i am a huge fan of hong kong cinema Mm. and have been for a long time i remember making all my friends watch like crouching tiger hidden dragon a million times um and other films i made palmer come see shadow with me do you remember that (laughs) 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 and and i for such a long time have been just always wishing that the general public more so would get into these movies and just see how great they are and not just do remakes you know we don't need the departed you have infernal affairs you have mm-hmm. like the originals that you can watch and um which isn't really like the same kind of movie as this but still asian cinema um but yeah anyway i i love that this movie is both a love letter to all those films you know there's different parts where it's like a jackie chan sort of film there's different parts that are like crouching tiger you know it's got all that i liked the cast and honestly i just really like the story i loved the villain in this uh you know spoilers his dad um but I, I thought that that was a really powerful, I don't know, relationship. And it was really interesting and different and just all around really had a good time watching that movie. So, yeah, I'm with you. I had a great time watching Shang-Chi. It was um, it felt refreshing in a lot of uh, in a lot of its storytelling from other Marvel fare, um, which I appreciated. And I think the I think the dynamic between Shang-Chi and Aquafina's character, whose name I cannot remember, Katie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which. Uh, I appreciate it fully because like it's you know there's always it's about the movie is superhero fair and its own in its own thing but it's also about what does it mean to be first generation second generation like mm-hmm. um, you know family and I, I like that I liked that approach and because so much of um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of family oriented um, stuff in Asian culture and so I like that actually being a, a front and center piece of the whole film um, and like to, you know or just even actually in Disney 
affair is family-centered. So, like, what does it mean to be part of a family, and what, how do you live in that? So I like uh, not just the white-bread American take on that. Um, and uh, I thought, like you said, I thought the, the different types of um, Asian cinema that you saw in it was really was great because like it starts with wuxia and then it and then it goes to and then it goes to jackie chan kung fu and then it goes to this and this and this and uh um and even by the end you know like kind of a little bit of spoiler but then you get like mystical like you get a full-on mystical cinema and so i thought it was cool it's just it was well done paul i did not see this i know you know yeah great yeah no okay not even a little (laughs) not even a little okay which gives me which brings me to my number eight which is last night in soho uh is my number eight uh I'm a big Edgar Wright fan, and he didn't. I felt he did not point uh, this time around. Not one of his, uh, for me, not one of his strongest entries. I like some of his other stuff a little bit better, um, but I like the, um, I liked, I liked the story it was telling. You know, the, you know, a, a nice buildings, a nice buildings Roman. You know, a coming of age story um, built in, uh, built within kind of a murder mystery. Um, and I just, I thought it was well filmed, and I thought that I thought its leads did a good job, and uh, it tricked me and that and I and that is kind of what I I I don't look for in a movie but when you get so used to watching so many different types of movies and you see so many tropes and stories and whatever else that when it when a story can trick me I get pretty excited because like it did something because it did something that a lot of other movies don't get the opportunity to do so either of you see it yeah I did Lisa did you see I think Lisa's gonna (laughs) I saw it I I thought it was good um for me it it did have maybe too many tropes but Mm -hmm. I did like that big twist and the music was great and i think the actors did a good job so i'm kind of like 50 50 on it i think mm-hmm. um aesthetically it was great and the music was great um and as just like a straight horror i think it's it's fine i think i just thought it was going to be a little more psychological and deeper than it was but yeah okay that it just wasn't what i expected uh, um, okay. not my favorite of his but also not bad yeah that's kind of where i land on the, it's not my favorite of his but i also purposely didn't like i was like okay you made a movie it's called last night and so oh, okay good that's all i need to know and so oh, i went in yeah <laughs> I went in with only my preference for Edgar Wright movies, and that and that was basically it. So um, Palmer, I mean the, the the cast is good. I you know I like the leads: Matt Smith, Anya Taylor Joy, Thomas and McKenzie, the guy from the board game movie. They're all good. Jesse Plemons is not in this movie. No, no, he's not. No. It would be better um, if he was, but he's not. In movie. He could have been. He could have been, uh, but. Yeah, like, the, the downside was, like, and I don't typically do this in movies, like, and I think that's because in horror movies, I like to get lost in them. I like to, I like to, like, just let the world kind of melt away and not focus on the plot, because I think if you focus on the plot of a lot of horror movies, it starts to really fall apart quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. But unfortunately, like, during this movie, about halfway through, I, I kind of guessed the ending. And without that twist, the movie just doesn't really become that interesting. Uh, my biggest problem with with this movie, I think, is if he concentrated on things as much as he concentrated on the soundtrack, his movies would be phenomenal every time. But he just like, he seems to put so much energy into the soundtrack, and the rest of the movies kind of fall apart by the wayside. Uh, I, I only agree for some of the movies, not all of them. This one, I do think maybe the soundtrack is maybe better than the movie in yeah. its total, <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I still liked it, so whatever there, there's there's a kernel of a good movie there you know what and you're right like it, visually it looks great yeah, and what? i just a kernel you know. becomes popcorn which you eat at the movies yeah which this was the end yeah it's good uh let's move on to paul mcgurn let's move on to your number seven my number seven is, is, that right? Wait, is that also right? yeah, yeah uh, right. sorry. sounds about right yeah 
Yeah. 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 So my number seven is also a horror movie by modern horror genius uh, James Wan. Right? Is it? Yep. James Wan. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, Malignant. One of the Ooh. most original, one of the most original horror movies to come out in a while. And you say that kind of a lot with James Wan. You know, because of him, we've had like the Conjuring franchise and Annabelle and Saw. Correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, so he's definitely kind of ushered in a lot of a lot of new age horror movies, and he's done it really well. And this was one like I didn't see the ending coming. I I didn't see the twist coming. So kind of like last night in Soho. I don't know if I would have seen if I had seen it coming if it would have been as good of a movie. But it's definitely it's it's got a really good story, and James Wan just doesn't know how to make a bad movie. I just um backing up for one second. What movie are you talking about? Because I have to tell you something. After Malignant. You Malignant. Okay, I did not see Malignant, so I have nothing to add. So I'm okay with that. But I just realized that I was counting my movies wrong. So the so I so my top ten was really my top twelve. So that was weird. I don't know why I did that. So anyway, moving you know, forward. On Letterbox, on Letterbox, you can hit the button and it gives them numbers. You know what? I'm even using Letterbox, and that's what's wild <laughs> to me. I'm like, and I I messed up the order, but you know what? I'll sub out. I stand by my. I stand by my movie ranking, except uh, I'll just have to skip to. I'll doesn't really matter. It's all subjective anyway. So so anyway, Malignant, good for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, did you see Malignant? I did, and I loved it. So good choice. Didn't get it. Was one of the there were a few. It's because it's a horror movie. It's very difficult for me to get to horror movies in my house. My wife hates them, and now with the baby, I'm very sleepy. And so the only time (laughs) that I could watch horror movies previously was like late at night. But now my late at night is filled with sleeping because that's all my body will let me do instead of staying awake to watch movies. But you can watch it while you're up feeding the baby at night. I can't. I cannot do that. The light will wake her up. So, um, so, well, it will awaken her more than eating in her dreams and then falling back asleep, I should say. (laughs) So, um, so no, I didn't get to bling it. Couldn't get there. So, uh, but that's okay. At least you want to add anything to that before we move on? Uh, no, I, I will say I, so I feel like I have seven movies left. Did I miss count too okay great okay so it wasn't just me okay um, no you should because you're next yeah so oh, okay, yeah, we're okay, on so... your number seven yeah okay, okay. good yeah okay. <laughs> okay so my number seven is uh candy man um which is another horror movie and i saw this a little later and uh i i've seen the original candy man it's been a really long time i meant to rewatch it before watching this i really wanted to do that i didn't get a chance to but this movie y'all it's so good i mean mm-hmm. like not only is it a good horror movie but it is just like visually striking told so well but dang that ending i just uh i mean don't do or you may want to watch like a disney movie afterward because it is <laughs> or it, before it's a bummer because you know at the end they sort of include real history into it but i also thought it was cool that they they explored some complicated stuff about gentrification and i don't know just really great movie i mean it had a message and all that but then it was just also just extre- extremely entertaining too you're selling me on candy man and i didn't think that was ever actually really gonna oh happen. it's 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 very like 
uh, I don't know, you got to watch it. But it's like, there is a message, but it's also just woven in so well. And then it's just visually really cool looking. I don't know. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Okay. And it's got Black Manta. It does. Yes, yeah. Exactly. He is. Uh, this was really good. It was It was in the top half of my, it was in the top half of my list. Um, it is very different from the original Candyman, from what oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I think I saw the original Candyman during quarantine. It was one of like the series of movies that I went through. And so like, I, I do think I like this one a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's a little different. It's got, it's got the nice horror chills. Uh, the effects are really nice. And I, I think this is a really good pick. There's, there's definitely uh, people out there who haven't seen it that probably should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've never seen any of the Candyman's, so I didn't, again, horror, very hard to watch, but I will try to stay awake and make time for this. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like right on my alley. So I will watch. That's good. Um, okay. Because I screwed up, I'm just going to say the two movies, but we won't talk about them unless somebody, they're on somebody else's list, but I will say like what would be my other movies, I guess, which was Don't Look Up, which I thought was great. Um, oh, thank God you forgot that one. Yeah, I know. I know you didn't care for it, but I thought. Oh, that's on my list. Oh, great. We won't uh, talk about it. Yes. Lisa. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and the next one, which would technically be my, which would have been my number eight was Matrix Resurrections, which I, which I loved. Um, oh yeah, I thought that was good. And so I, um, so, but you know what? No time to talk about that now. If anybody wants to talk to me about it, you can tweet at me at Timmy P13. So my actual number seven is Belfast, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, um, which was just about a little boy um, growing up in 60s Belfast. Um, oh. 60s Belfast, <laughs> Ireland. Uh, and it, it reminded me of, it's basically To Kill a Mockingbird set in um, Belfast. And so, and you like sub out racism for Protestants versus Catholics and like that and the RA and that's your movie. Um, and I just thought it was, I just thought it was tremendously good. The cast delivers, the script really delivers, he shoots it, he shoots it so well. There's some really clever, um, this really clever stuff with the camera. Like there's this, um, not obsession with going to the movies, but every time they go to the movie, it's in color, whereas their lives are in black and white. So it's kind of mm. like you're entering the magic of cinema as pure escapism. Like you escape the dreariness of your actual existence to enter this magic realm. There's some really beautiful stuff in there. And so if you have not seen Belfast, I, I do recommend. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's going to be one that we're going to have to watch come the Oscars. So I think so. Yeah, I I would be highly surprised if this doesn't get yeah. nominated. I want to see it really bad, but I haven't seen it yet. Good. I did not spoil anything. So by all means, watch. It's also nice and under two hours, which I don't need movies to be like really any particular length, but it's an hour and 40. <laughs> and it's just sometimes that is just a breath of fresh air when you're watching a movie. Um, we're just like, oh, man, that you just told a good story. And I still I still have time in my day. What a great day this is. I, I wouldn't have pegged it for a sub two hour movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah yep. One one forty, something like that. One forty two. Nice. So, uh so that's my number seven. So we'll go to Palmer's number six. Number six is a action horror movie with one of uh at least by all sense on Twitter, one of Lisa's favorite people in the world, Tig Nataro. Yay. And <laughs> And uh, it's by Zack Snyder, who is also on Lisa's list, and it's Army of the Dead. It's his second foray into zombie movie. Um, his first foray was uh, the, was remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is really what got him on my radar. Mm-hmm. 
Me too. Because I absolutely loved his remake of Dawn of the Dead. I appreciate uh, Romero's zombies for what they were and what they stood for. And I think Zach kind of brought them into, you know, a modern time. And he does so again in this in this one. Hmm. And it just has all the things that made Dawn of the Dead, what he did with Dawn of the Dead, work well. And he gives it his own movie. And it's, you know, just about, it's a heist caper. It's Ocean's Eleven, almost, just with zombies. Only it's not a movie that tries to take itself too seriously by trying say, to outsmart you. I was going to say, I thought you hated Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I, I absolutely hate Ocean's Eleven. It's very pretentious. But... <laughs> But this doesn't do that. Like, it doesn't try to be smarter than you. It doesn't try to do anything other than just be a zombie movie with action. And it's just straightforward. But sometimes that's what you want. It's kind of like, you know, your thing with Belfast, the time and the runtime. Like, I, didn't, I, I got everything I wanted out of this movie. A fun, enjoyable zombie movie. That's great. I'm happy for you. I did not yeah. see it. I wanted to. And I, every time I say, like, okay, I want to watch something, I just, I truly forget that it's a movie to watch. So I'll get to it. Yeah. He's making a lot of them. I'll be fine. It, it'll be around. I mean, uh, Army of Thieves, which is like a quasi-prequel to this movie, also kind of landed very near my top ten. It's not, like, he doesn't direct it. It's just a character from this movie in a, you know, in I what he's doing from beforehand. I is directing it, right? It's, like, directed by him? Is it? Oh, I, I that so. I did not know. Let I will look that up. Did you see this movie, Lisa? I, I, I saw uh, yes, the Zack Snyder one, yes. I um, loved it. I thought it was great. It's very entertaining. It's fun. It's like the perfect like popcorn movie. You're just like enjoying it. And yeah, I love Tig. And uh, Tig can, you know, just start taking people out of movies and putting Tig in there and the movies will get better. <laughs> so. uh, you, are, you are correct. He did direct this movie. Okay. He did yeah. direct Army of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that's Gunter or whatever his name was. His yep. Yeah. Matthias Schwarfiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy. Nailed it. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> so, close enough for me. Look, I'm I'm pretty sure I nailed the first <laughs> the first name. <laughs> Uh, okay, Lisa, your number six. My number six is unexpected. I I I didn't know I was gonna like this. Uh, it, it's Encanto. Encanto. Number six I'm for like... Encanto. Woo! Yeah. You, you didn't think you were gonna like this? Okay. I just <laughs> I was worried when I saw the 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 previews. I was like, I don't know if I can cry again like I did during Coco. I don't know if I can <laughs> go there right now. I just I was like, I'm just not ready. That I feel like that just happened um so you know it's about a a, a latinx family uh this colombian uh and and i was like i think it's going to be too painful for me to watch but actually it's pretty different from coco in that way Mm -hmm. um still touches on a lot of really deep themes like generational trauma hello that's a big one but it's an extremely uplifting film it's very positive um it ends very happy you know in my opinion happier than coco Mm -hmm. and the music dang if those aren't earworms I'm not like the hugest like I like Lin-Manuel Miranda but I'm not like obsessed with Hamilton or anything like that um, welcome to the club and I was almost to the point of being like I feel like we have enough of him but then this movie comes along and these songs are so damn catchy I mean I, I don't know, you know we don't like- talk about Bruno is still and stuck in my head so like it's just <laughs> really good y'all it's just really good I, so. I really liked it I'm with you I don't I didn't find the songs as like worm earwormy as, as you did my wife did we maybe you're not together. on tiktok enough maybe that's it that's definitely true i'm definitely not. tiktok is like 90 see tim, percent see tim. Oh, okay. tiktok is a platform of videos 
it's like impossible to avoid any of the it's like honestly it's like let it go it's like impossible gotcha yeah. okay yeah now is is Encanto Pixar or no. was it Disney I don't animation? think so it's just Disney I think straight Disney and Coco was Pixar right yes Correct. yes but that is why that knife that is why Encanto is somewhat happier yeah probably <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but still still scarred me in some ways yeah what I, what I actually really loved about Encanto which you don't see a lot is the adventure takes place at home like the whole oh, movie is just in their home and like around the village like they don't go anywhere really they like have an adventure but they they do it with each other and mm-hmm. i i really and it's, I internal. Loved, it's a very internal and i i very much appreciated that about the movie it's almost like quarantine-esque in some way we're like <laughs> yeah, you can have seriously. fun at home you probably have somebody living in your walls it's fine like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the disney version of people under the stairs what yes that's exactly what yeah. it is yeah <laughs> Parasite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> twist. Twist on a candle I didn't see coming. It's just a Parasite <laughs> sequel. Um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, it was great. Good choice. Uh, Palmer, did you see it at all? I, I, I haven't. It's, if I get, like, it is something, like, if I get to it, I'll get to it. Um, but but it, it's at least a little bit more interesting now to me. Okay, that's good. There you go. There you go. Okay, so that means we're going to move to my number uh, six. Yeah, number six. Six, good. Uh, and my number six is 007 No Time to Die um, Palmer's favorite 007 Potato Potato James Craig uh, James Craig um, Daniel Craig um, I I am uh, a fan of the Daniel Craig Bond era so I was looking forward to seeing if this one wrapped up properly I think it's hard to wrap up a legacy character like and because this this version of Bond they were telling a very specific story instead of James Bond's on another mission now he's on another one now he's on another one and none of them are connected to another one don't worry about it. This was all la- the everything is layered from the beginning, and I, I think it just does a, a really good job at tying up all its ends and, and seeing a, a fitting conclusion to a good set a, a good set of action films. Um, and I think that everybody from Craig down to you know Gaffer Number Six, you know, delivers on their work. Um, it's just a really good looking, smart uh, action film, um, and feels still like Bond. Like there's a you know sometimes the Daniel Craig Bonds get away from like some of the, the the fun stuff of James Bond like you know fun gadgets and supervillain lairs and all that stuff and this one kind of had all of that with it along with it being the kind of the um, uh, I, I don't want to say gritty Bond because that's I hate I hate people defining things this is gritty and grounded and I'm really sick of those <laughs> terms but the, I, that's how it started so I'll, I'll continue with the gritty and grounded Bond thing here but either of you uh, Palmer you hate these movies so what did you yeah, think? Yeah I do. Yeah. Did I... you see it? Lisa yeah. did you see it? Yeah. I did. I didn't love it. I didn't really like the direction that they went with Bond. I don't want to say any spoilers, but they make a choice that I was kind of like, I was I was, I was, was with you to that one choice, and then I kind of had a hard time with it. The rest of the movie I like. Um, was it the casting of Daniel Craig? No. <laughs> no. <All right. laughs> Nor Rami Malek. I thought he did a good job, too, even though he people did. give him a hard time. I thought he was really good in it, but yeah, I just... Rob, who's giving Rami Malek a hard time? I don't know. I've heard, like, they're like, he didn't do enough in that. I'm like, what? I thought it was great. I thought... I mean, I'll I give him a hard time. Callbacks. I thought great. it was a great wrap up. I just, I guess I can say you've probably seen it by now. I just, I didn't love the kid stuff. I thought that was real thrown in. Sorry. Mm, no, that's absolutely. It, was, it seemed weird. Like they were like, oh, by the way, I had a kid that you never met, and da, 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 da. yeah, it's like, and it's like this gives you humanity right before you die. Bye. <laughs> 
was um, like, I didn't really like that. Yeah, but I I can uh, totally get behind that because that was my that was my initial reaction. Was like, all right, okay, fine, that's what you're doing. But I um I do think that because the the movie and a part of the series ends up being about legacy, like pretty much with Skyfall onward, it's like in some way wrapped up to like what is the legacy of James Bond and, mm-hmm. and this one, like what is the legacy, like what does it mean to be uh, uh what is a human legacy and what even behind people and for those that love you and miss you and whatever else and so like I thought it tied well into the I thought it tied well into the movie thematically maybe for James Bond's kid to be running around that's fine but also if you look at James Bond as a character of history there's definitely some little Bonds running around like no question. I agree I just felt I don't know no I, I I agree with you Lisa I will also say like this movie totally wastes Christoph Waltz Did you, wait so you actually watched it yeah I told you uh, yeah I just because I've disliked them doesn't mean I haven't watched them. That doesn't get any sense, but please continue. I mean, uh, so my biggest my biggest problems with these series of James Bonds, one, I think some of them are just way too long. Two, is Daniel Craig. Like, I thought Spectre was good. Yeah, I don't like Daniel Craig. Okay, okay. And to be fair, some of it is him, like, at the very beginning, it was like the way he was approaching the character, and then it gradually, gradually morphed into the way he acted like he was being like his family was being held hostage until he completed another movie they were Rachel Weiss is on record <laughs> saying that she could not work no I'm just, I'm just kidding um, <laughs> so like so towards the end like it was definitely like him always complaining about having to do like doing these movies and then well, him he, willingly doing hurt. the movie right yeah. but he's willingly doing the movies yeah I, I get your point but I'm also like I'm trying this thing where I just whatever they say outside of the movie I don't try to bring that into the movie um, mm-hmm. as much as I can just like separate art from artists as best I can and so um, I just kind of trying to enjoy movies on their own merit and because movies are very difficult to make and as much as we love talking about them we don't make them so uh, you I don't know only, that I can only I know exactly what you do you do not make movies um, so uh, I, I try to keep my criticisms about some like mm, acting is hard to a minimum because to Lisa's point he got hurt a lot um, oh, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that like acting is hard but when you but here's the thing is like he would complain about the movie and be like you know this is the last thing I ever want to do hey Daniel we're going to do another Bond okay yeah but you know what but he had a great experience doing this one and he was very adamant about, about Cause, that because he was like they're killing me off finally he, I mean, he hurt his hand I think but yeah that was but even then he said this was the like this was his this was the best experience that he had making a Bond movie so I think part of that is just who's in charge and who how does a film set get run and, and so yeah I don't know so I really anyway i i loved this one um i don't think it's as good as skyfall maybe it's as good as casino royale i have to think about it I have to watch them all again but uh, i don't know casino royale at least had ava green this one technically has Ava green in spirit yeah <laughs> in spirit <laughs> twist it's a ghost story yeah it's a, it's a story it's a ghosts. bond movie with ghosts <laughs> um no all right uh that was my number six so palmer to your number five my number five uh and it's weird how some of these movies ended up pairing up on my best of my top 10 list uh but it is absolutely not a controversial movie at all and it is Zack snyder's justice league at your number five right on yeah at my number five i know you were waiting for it to be like number one i didn't think it was going to be number one but i did think it was going to sit somewhere in the top three so five is a little surprising i will so as much as i like i love this movie it you know i love what Zack snyder was trying to do and the world building he was trying to accomplish i really wish we could see it through in some form, whether it be an animated form, comic form, just 
just something to see his vision through. I think he gets the most out of his actors in the series. Um, but I will tell you the one reason this is not higher, and it could have been lower because of it, and that is the choice of what they did with Lois Lane. Which, in, that, in that they, she is used as a as an emotional device. tool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, I find that Lois like she's great. She's also an really good tool, regardless of what Superman movie you're talking about. Um, uh, no, like Man of Steel, she definitely is not. And throughout most of this movie, she kind of isn't. It's really just like the last bit of the movie that their choice of of what to do with her character in the supposed future. Oh, is that's just, what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I really don't want to see the rest of his vision come to fruition like it's just a lot like anything that you read i'm like that all sounds terrible i'm glad that this is over because oh I no i think see it, any of that i mean knowing what was gonna happen afterwards i'm willing to see it but where this movie ends and knowing that there's probably not going to be a finale to this it's it's dumb and i don't like the choice i didn't like it when they've done it in video games or animated movies so and yet it's still made your number five which means that the rest of it has to be pretty dark well it's because it's opinion. the best yeah it is easily the best superhero movie of last year it's got a great cast actors that know what they are doing and what they should be doing with the role like i've been on record like i don't care about cyborg i don't at all that's and, true you do not you know i'm you know and it's just not a character you know it's, I, it's not a character i can identify with and other people can and that's great um but you know he's at least good and i don't mind watching him in this movie. the only thing that i which is more than I can say for like comics at Ben. The only thing that I'll really fight you on in here is that you said it's the best movie, the best, easily the best superhero movie of 2021, but you haven't seen the other one. I was about to say. Like <laughs> There's you, several you didn't see, though. Yeah, because like Lisa has uh, mentioned several. Because of them. I don't need to. Okay. No, that's not how this works, and you know it, but we will not argue right. with it. We but I don't need to. Mad, we will not argue with a madman here. That's fine. <laughs> that's not the point of this. We will argue with you no. later off microphone. <laughs> Um, okay, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, uh, we've already talked about it. So, Lisa, your number five, please. This is really hard. Um, this five. is where it starts getting difficult, and I I feel like maybe I put this one way too high. There's like three movies I could have put in this spot in this spot <laughs> too, but um, I saw a movie last week called The Card Counter. Oh, the um, oh my God, Oscar Isaac movie. Yeah, and I was really surprised by it. Oscar, I yeah. can't say it was fun to watch, as someone pointed out to me. They're like, I don't know if you're gonna have fun. Um, but it was done really well and uh, yeah I really liked it it was just just totally different from what I was expecting going in um, definitely a lot more psychological than I thought it was going to be a lot darker than I thought it was going to be and and yet it felt somewhat retro at the same time almost like mm. Nick was saying it, it, it looked kind of 70s-ish like there's like a weird 70s title card and the palette is sort of 70s-ish yet the whole movie takes place in modern day I don't know and then Tiffany Haddish and Oscar Isaac and the kid from Ready Player One. I don't know. They all did it like an amazing job. So I was just, you know, it's sometimes you just watch a movie and you're not really expecting a whole lot, and then you get pleasantly surprised. So I that, sounds, it. that sounds great. I, 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 it was that was another one that I, I wanted to get to and didn't get to. Um, but uh, the, it being yeah. having a '70s vibe, but being set in the modern day, that that inch me is rough. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. It's it, it <laughs> and it's been it's been on like my short list of stuff to watch. Like every time I'm like, 
all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and watch a movie. It's always been like, ah, I could watch this, but then I always settle on something else. Uh, was this also the movie that you had like commented about, like Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes, I was like, oh, it reminded me Twitter. of a movie Jake Gyllenhaal would do because it's like this tortured guy that's weird and like depressed and angry and possibly violent. Like it was just all the Hallmark characters of a lot of characters that he's played. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Nightcrawler prisoners, you know, he's, he's yeah, done yeah. this. All right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, on my list then. So that brings me to my number five, which was truthfully a surprise for me, as it will be for you, which is Dune. Um, <gasps> Dune. No, this is it's not a surprise far, for me. Far too low. Far too low. Oh, <laughs> yes. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I, it was with. my number one and two for a while. It floated up there for quite how did some it, time. How did it take two spots? I mean, I know it's like five days long, but mm. it's still one movie. <laughs> Dune is a very wrong word. There's a lot of spacing between the letters. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I can't talk about it too much because it's on my list. But okay, well, we'll save your number com- one. We'll save our conversation then for when we get it to it on your list. I'm fine. Um, I'm fine holding off. But I just it's a masterwork of filmmaking. And yes, uh, and I think the rest of my list is all like eat, there's a component what I feel is like a masterwork of filmmaking for each one. Um, for different for different reasons. Um, well, maybe maybe one of them. Maybe not masterwork, but we'll we'll see when we get there. Um, but yeah, Dune is fabulous, and I. I read the book a while ago. Didn't love it, to be perfectly honest. It was you fine. might reread it after watching. This, I, did. I, I did. I had a better. It after. I, oh, yeah, you did. I did. Okay. Yeah, and the and... next and the next two after that, actually. Uh, nice. And, uh, I liked it much better after watching. That's what I'm finding. Yep. <laughs> I liked it the first time I read it, but you know they introduced so many things, so many terms and stuff that you're trying to juggle all that in your head at the same time as reading a brand new story. It's kind of difficult. Yep. But once you've seen a lot of of it, and then you go back and read it again, it's a lot easier it's true i just needed i needed a visual for some dumb things like the ornithopter yes so, no yeah, i agree yeah. you're like the ornithopter now is that the same as a mentat you're like just i don't know because i can't yeah. see this yeah. right exactly but then i'm like <laughs> no the mentat's the dude with the little black thing on his face okay i'm good and like oh but so you're <laughs> also like draw a pictures while you're reading and it so, so it's, yeah it felt like charlie it. and that like making all the making all the connections in the back yeah so, yeah so i um yeah but we'll talk about that more when we get to yours so that brings me to Palmer's number four. My number four is a movie that Tim is, absolutely hates uh, <laughs> because at its central core, it's a movie about love and the power of love. For some reason. Because he hates love. Which one of us is married with a child? Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's not you. Okay. Look, look, being married and having children doesn't doesn't necessarily mean love. That is absolutely true. It does in my case, but for you, I don't, I can't be. So, but anyway. So, my number four is uh, The Matrix. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Even, yeah, though no, you, even though it's on I my list. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And conveniently, you missed it on your list. But I can't show you the whole <laughs> list because it'll give away the rest of my movies um <laughs> uh, yeah. so like i've always really dug the original matrix the sequels not so much although i keep wanting to go back and revisit them now that i'm older and wiser certainly uh, one of those things and so this movie i thought was a great meta commentary on the matrix itself and in movies in general and the state of the world that we're living in that being said it also had some great visuals it really you know it i'm not going to say it pushed the envelope 
action wise as the originals did. It but I think it gave us to do. Yeah. yeah. I think it still gave us enough original action that I can say it just wasn't a rehash. And you're right. It's tough to it's tough to it's tough to redo something that that was just so significant in its time and birthed all this like this entire genre of action style. So I was glad that it didn't it didn't just like lean into that nostalgia. It's tried to do other stuff instead. Uh, and the fact that the again like the movie at its core is a is a love story between Neo and Trinity, which I think was a really good thing to base this movie on. I agree. So, well, yeah, because well the whole thing. I mean, the, the Matrix is really about human connection in the first place, and so right. yeah. I just loved that it went back to this root of like what better what better human connection is there than love and and all of that. Yeah. What that and entails. Soulmates. And yeah, and I won't understand why you hate this movie so much, Tim. But yeah, it's fine. it makes me it makes me sad for you. It's fine. It definitely wasn't my number eight of the year. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, Lisa. Oh, oh, are we still talking about the Matrix? Or? You can if you want to, or okay. you can move on. Whatever you want. Uh, well, I, I I will say I really enjoyed that movie, and I totally agree with you, Palmer. And I think yeah, when people say oh well, there wasn't like enough action or something like that, it's like I don't think that was the point of the Matrix. It was an action movie, but it didn't just do that. So I think they leaned into like what yeah. makes sense today to to lean into, which wasn't just the action. And I fully uh, agree. I know walking out of that movie, I was like, huh, it wasn't as action as I was hoping, but I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, for number four, um, it's uh your favorite movie, Palmer. Don't look up. Oh, oh really? Oh, I love that. Both Lisa, I love that. Why these movies that I had to skip over because I couldn't count? Um, it's really good. <laughs> I like this director's filmmaking in general, but this movie, it just hit for me. I don't know. It is hilarious, first of all. But, you know, there's some criticism online that it's too on the nose. And I'm like, is that even possible anymore? I mean, I feel like we live in a day and age that's just 100% the onion every day, but real life. Mm -hmm. And um, this movie was commenting on that. I think it was originally supposed to just be geared towards climate change, which we also don't care about for some reason that's inexplicable to me. But they shifted a little bit of the narrative to include the stuff that was happening with COVID, understandably and it, it made sense, but the whole like, don't look up or just look up, I was dying. And I love that they took shots at everybody, you know, it wasn't just one side. Um, I think there were a lot of shots taken at, you know, the political side of the spectrum that I'm on that seems to heavily rely on celebrities, you know, mm-hmm. trying to desperately get us to care about our lives ending. Um, <laughs> and I just found all that stuff really, really funny and and it was, it was great satire and I um, it's a bummer, you know. I have some friends that like found this movie so disturbing they couldn't even enjoy it. But well, maybe I, I just think, have a dark sense of humor. You I know, but it. then I think I think it did its job. Then if it was <laughs> if it was so disturbing to them that they couldn't enjoy it, I'm like, oh, then that's it did what it was supposed to do. And I'm like, well, look around. Yeah, right. <laughs> there is right. a there is a comet heading towards us, you know, <laughs> metaphorically. Um, so I just I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought everyone did a really good job. And way to make me care about J Law again because I quit caring about her, which I feel. That you know what's funny? I actually saw an interview with her, and they were like, oh, you haven't been anything for a while. And she was like, yeah, that's because people were sick of me, and I don't need to be in their faces. So I took a step back, and I was like, wow, what what, what amount of self-awareness do you have to be yeah. able to do that? Like, that's it's pretty It's weird, amazing. though. I saw a video, like, on TikTok about – TikTok again uh, – about, like, you know, how this the happens youngsters. to it girls and how they get pushed up so high, and, and then they're too much everywhere. And it's like, I don't know 
why that happens mainly to just actresses. Like that's not really her fault that that happened, um, which is kind of making me pause and think back on how I felt about her previously. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but good to have her back. And her character is very funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. I completely agree. I, I, a bit of the criticism of it not being satiric enough, I agree with because watching it, I was like, this is how it would go. This yeah, is... you're like, this is depressing. Yeah, it's depressing yeah. because <laughs> it's like, there are some things that are obviously like beefed up a little bit, but a lot of it just feels more like real life than I want it to, which I think is also <laughs> weirdly part of what worked for me and part of this, uh, part of an effective satire where it's not so wild and crazy that I can't see it ever not happening. Um, uh, what I really actually really liked is the uh, slight spoilers, but I liked how everybody, there's this, like a group of everybody that gathers for dinner at the end. Oh, I yeah. just thought that was really beautiful because like it, there's like one of the more powerful symbols and stories people eating together because like you can always like when it goes wrong, like you know what a good meal together is supposed to look like. So when something bad, so when it goes wrong, it is unsettling because you do eat almost every day, hopefully. Um, so like when when something is happening around it, it's it's a really effect symbol. Um, and I uh, and so I appreciated how the movie kind of hinged on that on that moment. Um, Palmer, you didn't like this movie. No, I couldn't even. And to be truthful, I couldn't even finish it. And some of it was like I've seen this from him already twice now. I liked it the first time. It it got less so the second time and now I think he's dangerous like for me he's dangerous to becoming like a one trick pony um, but that being said you like you love ponies I do <laughs> I, I really do. Um, especially little ones. Little Sebastian. But, <laughs> but that being said, um, for me, for me, my biggest problem with it was the very, like, read the room atmosphere. You're right. It's very on the nose with how people act. And right now, I absolutely cannot stand how human people act that I, I don't really want to see it also reflected back at me in this in a movie. So, it's, so maybe it's more time and place for you right now then yeah if this came out like two or three like if this came out like three years ago i probably it probably wouldn't be as bad like i would sit there and be like oh yeah like you know yeah people are stupid but it wouldn't be as bad as it is now yeah i just don't think it's an effective satire if it doesn't affect people like and so like because you had (laughs) a very really satire (laughs) yeah well if you didn't like if you didn't have a reaction to it then it didn't really do its job as satire and so um so i think so it even like it makes it even a better film for me if you, knowing that you couldn't finish it because it was kind of doing what it was supposed to. Um, so yeah, good choice, Lisa. Great choice. Uh, okay, let's. Um, that was Lisa. So I'm going to move to my number four, potentially controversial choice, but I can't get it out of my head, and so I'm leaving it at my number four. Is the Last Duel from Ridley Scott, the movie he famously was like, "You all suck for not seeing my movie." And, I was and like, he's <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, "Well, screw you. I am going to watch." this movie also wasn't this also wasn't this the one where like he got upset in an interview who said it was like his most realistic movie yeah it's like oh it's more realistic than Kingdom of Heaven and he was like eh fuck off and I was like I maybe want to watch it even more it's even he's great. just old at this point he is old yeah he's old and you know it's fine but I I Ridley Scott is either like
like he hits it's the bullseye or he like got lost in the ocean like there's like, I don't find that there's not a lot of middle ground in his movies um and so uh, uh but I I wasn't I didn't have an expectation for this one especially after his comments which I just tried to part of me was like well screw you I'm not gonna see your movie like it's a pandemic I'm gonna wait till it's on my television um because it's gonna be out in 10 days like I can wait the 10 days it's okay um but uh I just I loved it I think I loved it because of the Rashomon style I think that's what really did it for me um I love the alternating pers- I just loved the alternating perspectives um Ridley Scott always makes a good looking movie it's just a kind of a given like even if you even if the movie is dull as dust looking at you Exodus um the uh, it's always pretty and so um I think it was really the way the story unfolded made it for me um and it was nice to see weirdly it was nice to see Matt Damon play not a nice person it happens so rarely um where he's like nice in his selfishness but for his own way it was it was I found it morally complex and that's why I liked it I think more more than not what did, did either of you see it at least I actually yeah. know that you saw it because I saw yeah. your tweets about it yeah yeah I I thought it was good it was a lot better it you know it had some heat around it I think some of that heat is warranted uh but I I it was way better than I expected and I thought it told a pretty powerful it had a pretty powerful message that I think resonates today like I think it's more commenting on today than you would think but after oh, you totally. see it it kind of mm-hmm. dawns on you like oh dang you know things aren't that different sadly um <laughs> but uh I thought everyone did a really good job especially you know the lead actress she was her name escapes me right now but um, Cormier? yeah that sounds right to me yeah I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um I thought she did really really well um playing all the different kind of perspectives and and yeah I, I liked it it was Come long on. though I will say that when when we sat down to watch it I went Nick can we watch this and he and I said it's two and a half hours and he was like two and a half hours oh no <laughs> so I ended up watching it alone but <laughs> yeah yeah I also ended up watching not it even your dog watched the same it reason you? no she stayed uh Peaches and Jake stayed with Nick um while he played video games they abandoned me so wow they were like sorry we don't like we don't like Rashomon we're out (laughs) they were like two and a half hours no wow talk about living up to man's best friend yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, they're sexist (laughs) just like Uh, people in this movie wow yeah so it's funny because I I do like this movie although although Ben Affleck in this movie just reminds me of the that just reminds me oh god but it just reminds me of the joke I think Family Guy made like years ago when they did like a flash like they did like a they did a cutaway and it was like it was like uh, Ben Affleck preparing for a role he's like oh no I have to be King Richard the third in like three minutes and then he's just like hello 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 got it <laughs> like he seems he seems like a little out of place in this in this movie yeah but I, I will say the reason this is not in my top 10 is because of the storytelling style I don't like the I don't like the three different perspectives for the most part because I don't want anyone to ever give the Adam Driver perspective of how he definitely didn't rape this woman well see that's what I liked about it because I thought it was essential for you to know that he was a piece of poop and watching his story <laughs> I already, you could, I already you could thought pull that. it apart yeah but like but it confirms the belief by being like oh no I knew it but now I really know it and it made it even it's, worse it is true that even from his own perspective he realized he was assaulting her but yeah I um 
Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's hair uh, could have single-handedly oh, destroyed gosh. this film. Oh my God, Matt Damon's hair! I mean, it's hair. painful. I'm like, y'all, better wigs next I've time. I've seen. It's know. not even. The, it's not even. even Matt Damon's like facial hair, hair better than than yeah. what is what was it happening looks on his head. Crazy. Like when I saw Ben Affleck, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've just started digesting Matt Damon. Now I have to digest Ben Affleck in this wig. Yeah. I, it was hard, but. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, but I do. You're right. Like I like seeing Matt Damon. In in kind of a different role. Agreed, yeah. Comer uh, uh, is her, actually, oh. is her last Calmer. name. C-O-M-E-R. I was like, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but, bad, I did, but I did have the right first name. Uh, she knocks it out of the park. She is yeah. reason enough alone to watch this movie. It is um, it is a long movie, you're correct, but unlike other Ridley Scott movies, I didn't feel it nearly as much, looking at yeah, you pretty Exodus. much every other really Ridley Scott. <laughs> I liked Exodus. I don't know why. why. What? Why? No. What? Yeah, no. I mean, good. I shouldn't Didn't be surprised because like, you like things that nobody else likes. They, yeah. Oh, Russell Crowe as no, that was Noah. Uh, that was Noah. Oh yeah, oh, that's really? Darren Aronofsky's that Noah. Oh, Exodus. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Anyway, so but I, I don't also forgot typically... about Russell Crowe's Noah until until you said <laughs> Russell Crowe. It just like, yeah, you're it welcome. Flooding back into my brain. Pun <laughs> I don't want with, all the, <laughs> with all the giants and such. Yeah. So Ridley Scott can be very miss or miss for me because he will he'll always get my money because he makes great trailers he does but does. this time like the movie kind of lived up to the trailer i just I feel like wish... you should have put house of gucci on this list now i never got to house of gucci that was one of the movies yeah, I, I didn't get to i really wanted to see house of gucci um just to see like bad italian accent i mean that's you will get that yeah <laughs> Uh, it's and it was funny. I I just I last night I saw a because it's coming up digitally uh, at the beginning oh, okay. of February. Um, so uh, Lady Gaga was on one of the late night talk shows, and they were talking about how she had a she had a scene in which she kissed Selma Hayek. They got cut from movie, but she was just talking about how she was like, I really feel like that person in you know in school that had like the girlfriend that lives <laughs> that lived out of state <laughs> because she got to kiss Selma Hayek. But she also talks about how Selma Hayek put like treats in her shoes to make the cats follow her oh my god what? that's, that's yeah. great yes yeah i would but love to see I, that movie it's actually house of gucci and nightmare alley are like the two that like oh, i yeah, really really wanted too. to see you and yeah. i just didn't get to you and they're both coming out soon on digital uh, oh good good we'll be watching them oh yes. yeah house of gucci is coming out and i think nightmare alley is either going to be hbo max or hulu hbo oh, okay. max uh, february 1st i think oh was, perfect yeah so we were very close yeah. to the release of this episode but Yep. Before, before we had to do this before 2021 best ofs become completely irrelevant um <laughs> we had to do it before we had to do the oscar recap correct yeah. correct um yeah. so that was my number four so palmer it's your number three that's usually how numbers work great okay your number three so my number three and i i fought for this earlier and i don't care what tim is gonna say i'm counting it and that is promising young woman i don't care when it technically came out it came, it came out, out in 20 20- 2020 towards the end during the pandemic when we were still not allowed to go out yeah i will allow so, it because it was a weird year last year yeah that's strange but i, I approve of your choice as a movie <laughs> promising a woman is we, fabulous we had a whole discussion tim browbeat poor lisa into taking this off her list well maybe i'll just make that my number three because i think another one of my number three is now 2020 <laughs> <laughs> that's fine don't worry about it but i also is- <laughs> added two extra movies 
these in by accident. So yeah. it's whatever. Who but cares? this is such a great movie. I honestly think it should have won the Academy Award last year. It did win for writing, which I was really pleased with. Um, this is up there for me with like hard candy as much as like female driven revenge movies to a point. But it can be it deals with a very hard subject matter. But it also is about women kind of owning and taking back their power, which I really love. And it's just it's just done so well. I mean, I agree with I agree with uh, all of that, um, especially when I said it last year when the movie came out. Fine. Don't yeah, worry. You said it, it last year during the Oscar recaps. Yeah. When it came out in 2020. But it's fine. Fine. I'm not. Don't worry about it. It's a great movie. I like wholly agree. It's just top to bottom. I love the actually love the color palette of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very particular to like almost like a, a 50s innocence. Um, and I love how that juxtaposes with the content of the, the rest of the, the narrative. So good stuff. Uh, Lisa, you said you were going to add this back in? Question mark? So um, I wonder if I should just add something else in that definitely came out in 2021. <laughs> you do what you could do whatever uh, you want. Again, there are don't no let, rules. Don't let Tim browbeat you. <laughs> I'm going to throw in like a wild card. Well, oh. let me make sure this actually came out. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I a few good it. men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. I, it is such a weird year. Um, oh no, that came out in 2019. Um, okay, I'm just going to pick another one that I enjoyed from 2021, and okay. that is the movie Nobody. I did not see it, nor have I heard of it. Question mark. I love the John Wick films, and this is like kind of the same thing, but with Dave Odenkirk or Bob oh. Odenkirk. Oh, oh um, the poster sorry, I don't is think him. David Cross, but Bob Odenkirk. The poster is him um, getting punched in the head or something. Like yes. That, right? like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I couldn't see him doing this role. I was shocked when he was cast, but it's very, very good and entertaining. And I just love everything from that universe. So let's let's pick that as my number three. Oh, so it's in the John Wick universe? Yes, I believe it is. Oh, I'm interested. I think I'm, so. I'm I mean, it's really, I, I or, or or at least very, very close. Does okay. his dog also get killed? No. Thank gosh. All right. Happy about that. Um. All right. I, I like Bob Odenkirk too. I. Uh, so I will check that out um, someday, eventually, soon, probably. Um, Paul, no, wait, that was... That, that was Lisa. That was Lisa. So now it's on to you. That's my turn. That's exciting. Uh, my number three is weird because of going with the weird um, year thing. It was released like two weeks before 20, uh, 2021 was over, but I didn't see it until this year. Uh, but that is The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, oh, gosh, I want to see that so bad. It was so good. I can't, I can't even. It was just ridiculously good. It was almost my number one um and i have maybe particular reasons why uh it's like the other two movies kind of just top off and it really just at this point in the top three just comes down to what would i enjoy re-watching the most if i'm like oh i just need to kill like two hours two and a half hours and tragedy macbeth is kind of a downer um so it landed on number three but it it's just it's <laughs> It's the best filmed Macbeth I've seen, and I've seen quite a few at this point. Um, cast is superb, um, but I, what I think I was really taken with is a, its visual tone. It goes for the black and white, so it's a nice visual homage to Olivier's Hamlet from 1947 1948. Um, and his Othello. It was also his, black and white. Uh, was it? I, um, well, the reason it's not just the black and white, but it's German expressionism, and like the sets are just all brutalist architecture. Architecture 
and it's just really cool. It looks like an old German expressionist film, uh, and uh, but it's but it's Macbeth. And truthfully, the sword fight at the end was actually worth your time, which never happens in Shakespeare. It rarely happens in Shakespeare, where it's like, and they fight, and it's over. And I'm like, but that's some of the good stuff. So, um, yeah, and I love the way that it, the witches were done, and it's just the whole. It, the movie has sat with me since I watched it, which so in a in a good way, not in a Clockwork Orange kind of way, where I'll have nightmares tonight just because I mentioned the movie. Um, but yeah, I definitely watch Tragedy of Macbeth. It is worth your time. Um, anybody have any? Am I the only one that watched that? Yeah, I you're, seen it yet. Oh, you're okay. the only one that watched all of it. You didn't want? Oh, uh, what? Say more things. I I mean, visually it's fine. I you know it was fine. Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington. Unfortunately for me, like I just never see him in a part I just see him in the part mm-hmm. um, so that kind of like him talking Shakespeare is just like yeah you know I really wish they could have I really wish that they would have cast somebody else um, and I say that knowing like Denzel can get almost any job he wants so you know I don't want to take food out of his mouth but don't worry I just I just fine. yeah I right I just don't think he serves the film uh, I, um, I disagree but that's okay I think that's a longer conversation yeah. that we have time for um, Okay, well, that's very interesting, Palmer. I'm shocked, shocked. Uh, give me your number two, though. My number two is, as I said before, uh, anytime you have people fighting against uh, McCarthyism, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really enjoy the movie and it being the Ricardos. Wow, I think. really? Your number two? Oh yeah. Well, oh. I mean, come on, Aaron Sorkin. Like, I love his dialogue. I can have it all day long. You know, nothing, nothing about this is not Aaron Sorkin. Like, I really loved uh, last year um, his trial the Chicago 7 mm-hmm. I think was up near the top of my list so this is no surprise I really liked Harvey Arbardem as Desi I thought Nicole Kidman kind of vanished into the role of Lucy I did see her at times or I did hear her at times but overall I think she does a really good job at transforming the ensemble cast J.K. Simmons is like a delight in this movie like he is utterly utterly hilarious and the line that the line that you were talking about earlier is is one that he says to Lucy about how Desi is more American than the guy who did uh, Yankee Doodle Dan. Oh yeah, James Carney. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, Cagney, not Carney. Yeah, Cagney. No, 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 no. The, the 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 writer, the guy he was playing, the guy oh, Cagney um, was playing. Uh, it'll come to me. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah. but he's like he's more. You know, he loves America more than him, and he wrote and he wrote the same song seven times about it. Um, um, Cohen, uh, George Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, 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 George Cohen. Um, uh, so, you know, and you're right, like, this, like, so you know, like, they obviously didn't stay together, and you know he was a womanizer, and you see that in this movie, like, that's one of the things that is a, is a through story in this movie, is him supposedly possibly cheating on her, and the, and he still comes off, not necessarily as, like, the best of husbands, but it's like, he does still care for her and love her, even though he is also cheating on her yeah you don't want to say that like you don't want to fall back on the oh well it's just cultural because that's not that's not great because then it's the no and i'm not position of no no no. i know yeah, you're no, not no. but it's like you don't want to be like oh well he's more american than this but also this but uh here's this stereotype or whatever but um but everybody who knew him and all the biographies or whatever else will always talk about this is the culture he was raised in this yeah. is what he did <laughs> this is the life that he led before 
and it was just hard right. to break out of that. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. But, you know, so I think it, it gave me insight into their relationship, one that I didn't have prior to this, because I didn't really, I didn't grow up on Lucy. Like, I knew who she was. I knew all the stuff that she did for the business. I didn't know necessarily the stuff that he did. Like, I didn't know about the, like, his whole vision of getting a live studio audience that this movie talks about. And it's all fascinating stuff. And to the point of, like, the stuff that they tried to trailblaze on the sh- like on the show and in the in doing the show like not only is she you know not only is she a producer for this tv show but one of her lead writers in the writer's room is a woman which is not a thing which was not a thing back then so there's a lot of stuff that not a popular thing i wouldn't say it wasn't a thing but it definitely wasn't the popular move right or at least as far as a head writer goes like they you know they were in writer's room but still not as much as they should have been and definitely not as head writers so there's a lot of interesting historical tidbits and it doesn't try and tear anybody down which I think you can so often fall into the trap of doing even unintentionally in movies like this like it's so easy to make Desi a horrible person yes even if he even if you know he kind of was but wasn't yeah Mm -hmm. you know yeah and he might have been like I don't know the I don't know the extent of their relationship I'm assuming what I saw on the screen was accurate like yeah he's a heel for cheating on her but you know he you know yeah it's, he, it's, i think he did it's pretty accurate like yeah. as like it, based on everything that i've i've read and watched and listened to it's like it's accurate and that's what i think i really appreciated about the film even what even like the family being like no that's that's right that's that's how it went down that's that's pretty uh-huh. good so um yeah i just it's yeah all good all right good number good good number two uh lisa your number two my number two is the green knight Ooh. Ooh, Green Knight. That was my number counting weird 13, number 12, 13, yeah. something like that. Tell me Again, about the Green Knight. Well, I haven't seen some movies that I want to on my list that I feel might steal this spot, but I just really enjoy this film a lot. It's beautiful. Um, we did an episode on it recently, actually, on my show uh, with Scott. And um, I don't know. It's just really cool. Um, it's, it's you know, an Arthurian tale, um, but told in a different way. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's fun. It's it's fantasy but just so different from what Mm -hmm. everything that we're seeing right now you know you've got your game of thrones and all that other stuff but this is such a different take on all that and it's really really good i highly recommend it yeah i um if you maybe want the full breakdown you can check out lisa's podcast i love that movie uh podcast in which he breaks down with a friend of academy rewind scott from the dc uh films podcast and so go there um to see the whole thing i liked green knight a lot i i appreciated how it was pretty mostly accurate to the original story which is not something that I would have expected of a film um, to to do um, it's also definitely a Christmas movie which I also appreciate yeah. um, uh, and uh, I thought Dev was fantastic um, actually everybody everybody was great um, yeah it was but, candor so many yeah. great people in it. yeah um, so no, yeah it was it was top notch I I think it was a little like by the time I got to it it was like yeah the green knight okay all right so like it took me I had to temper the expectation a little bit which might have affected um its ranking but that's okay it's still still top 15 and that's what matters to no one great um, <laughs> um palmer did you see the green knight uh i tried to i just could get into it not that i found it to be in uh, like a bad movie or it just wasn't my taste no worries yeah so like it's it, it would definitely be something like i could probably say hey give this a shot like it's not something like don't look up where i would try and actively prevent people from watching it don't do that though you should definitely look up um my 
my number my number two is Spielberg's West Side Story, um, which is a movie I was not overly excited for pretty much at all. It's, I am on record many times on this show stating that Spielberg has been coasting for <laughs> 20 years um, and that most of the stuff that he has put out has not been interesting uh, and that is like the is like the life has gone out of him. Um, like it's all good because he's Steven Spielberg, but this was the first time since the late 90s, early 2000s where I was like, wow, Steven Spielberg, what a filmmaker. How incredible are you? Um, I very much enjoyed it from top to bottom. Uh, I have seen the original, um, which actually that episode is coming up on Academy Rewind. It has not been released yet. Um, but uh, uh, this, I think, is I think it's superior. There are things he does with the camera in this movie where I think I don't even know how you got how you did that. Like, I don't know how you were able to take the camera that you're using and make it fit in into that position. Um, and uh, there's just a real kinetic energy um, to the way that uh, to everything. And so when the camera stops moving in the film, it's it has great impact. And um, I thought the cast was spectacular. Um, I think there's some criticism on the leads, which I didn't actually find. Like I, like I people were like, oh, they don't have chemistry or they're just OK. Or but I thought Rachel's uh, Rachel Zwegler. Zegler. Does anybody know um, how to say her last name? Uh, I'll look it up, but continue. Yeah, I, I thought she was a revelation. I thought she was just absolutely wonderful. I think it's Zegler. There's no W. There's no W. Um, I thought she was absolutely terrific. And what I really appreciated from most of the cast is they were actual musicians and actual dancers instead of, like, the Hollywood version of, like, oh, no, we'll teach you to dance in two weeks, and then we'll pretend. Um, or we'll teach you to sing in a week, and no one will notice. Um, I noticed those things as a musician, and so I, like, they're trained. They're real. They know what they were doing. And the weak spot is Ansel Elgort, who, again, taking the artist from away from the uh, keeping the art away from the artist. He's good. He's not great. Um, he's definitely the he feels like the committee like person. Like, OK, you can have anybody you want. No names, whatever. Great dancers. But you you have to also take this guy. And he feels like that to me. Um, but he was still good. Um, and so I don't know if either of you end up seeing West Side Story. No, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. That's definitely selling me on it. Oh, great. Um, I you talked. To, I can't remember what movie you were talking. Maybe oh, Candyman. You were talking about gentrification and stuff in that. Like in that, there's a lot of that in mm. in here too. Makes and sense. I think it's yeah. a good. It's a good slight update of West Side Story itself. Um, and so and you know what? It's a love story, Palmer. Just so you're aware. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, you but you only like it because they both die. Spoilers, and no, they don't actually. <laughs> That's like they change it; it's different. Um, what? So oh, you, you totally unsold me on this movie. Uh, no, no, no. Just watch the movie. I did not tell you exactly no, how it nope, ended. Too late. Also, you've seen West Side Story. You should know how it ends. Yeah, like, at yeah. least one of them died. That's not both, is it, Palmer? It's not. Anyway, I don't know that. That's not what the word both means. Um. <laughs> anyway, there's no way of knowing. That's my number. That's my number two. Palmer, what is your number one movie? My number one movie is a really feel-good movie. Uh It made me laugh. It made me cry. Tim, again, is utterly utterly against the movie for why I don't know. Oh, 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 wait. Uh, wait. Is it the the Kristen Stewart Diana movie whose name I cannot remember? Is that what it is? Spencer? No, that was outside of... No, that was outside of my top ten. She's great, but, uh, but the movie was not good. Oh, okay. um, no, my number one is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I like that. That so, almost made my list. So 
I loved Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I, you know, it's it's 80s comedy. It's such a great ensemble acting. I always wanted them to see them explore this again and expand on it. I didn't get that with the last, with the Paul Feig uh, Ghostbusters. Um, and there was, there was a lot of missteps that I found in that one. This one, I thought, brought it back to the core. One of them being, like, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna use the original cast members at all it should be at least in their roles and have a have a reasoning and i don't think there was there was that in the in the last iteration Talk about this one though talk about this but movie i'm trying you're interrupting me so it has great callbacks to the original it has the heart of the original it's got the new generation of kids that can take this mantle and continue doing ghostbuster movies if they want to and if they do it should only be done by by reitman so so as long as Jason Reitman wants to continue doing these, I think it should. Special effects are great. The story is familiar, but a continuation, and the ending will make you cry. I have a question. This is not a yes. criticism, so don't take this the wrong way, but how much, because I haven't seen it, but how much of a nostalgia factor bumps this to number one, like, versus some of your other movies on, like, the top of your list? Like, where does nostalgia, like, take over to push this into your number one? Which I think is a complete legitimate reason to to make it a, so, your top movie. I'm just curious. Nostalgia plays a part, but I will say that this movie feels more spiritually like Ghostbusters, that it wasn't just like a nostalgia dump. Like it just wasn't, like it wasn't, it wasn't like remake of Ghostbusters. It wasn't like, for, you know, A New Hope 2.0. This yeah. kind of stands on its own and while it has callbacks to the original, I don't think it leads so heavily on the original that it's not its own movie. Okay, that's good. I agree with Palmer. Okay, that's great. I haven't seen it yet, so I, like, I I didn't even want to yeah. like it, and I loved it, so. That's a good, that's what? a great mark on the movie. I just felt like, I don't know, when I, I think what, what Tim is touching on, I was worried about. I, you know, I, I thought, is this just Stranger Things with Ghostbusters? I don't, you know, I didn't, I just wasn't that invested in it, but was pleasantly I mean, surprised. isn't Stranger Things just Ghostbusters with Stranger Things? Yeah, but I like like that and I don't necessarily need that again. Yeah, you don't need uh, it. You I don't need it in reverse. Right. I do I kind like, of agree with you. Yeah. I do kind of agree with you. Although I've I've yet to finish a season of Stranger Things. Oh um, I really like Stranger Things actually a lot, but and I finished all the seasons. But I just thought I, I was like, are they piggybacking on that too much to where it's just mm. gonna be nothing but nostalgic callbacks? But it, it really isn't. Palmer's right. It's it's it has the heart of the original while still doing something different. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well that's actually that's a good sell for me because I was I'm not like I like Ghostbusters I'm just not like it's fine like I'll watch it sometimes maybe like I watched it for the first time in maybe 10 years like this Halloween and so like it's a I'll get to kind of movie for me but you're both selling it better than I think the trailer or the movie itself sold it to me so that's good um Lisa you're number one it's Dune <laughs> oh it's Dune oh good yeah. okay yeah, uh... I actually forgot that you had said that it was higher on your list so. um it was my favorite favorite movie um blown away by what i saw in theaters 
just rewatched it again at home. Um, we have an episode on that too. It is long, as Palmer said, but what Denny V was able to do in this movie is what I don't think any other director has been able to do yet. You know, uh, the Lynch film has its fun stuff, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I don't really like the miniseries Dune um, that was on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, and I think it's just such a challenging story to bring to film. I thought literally no one could do it. But then when uh, Denis Villeneuve said that he was going to do it, I was like, well, he could do it. <laughs> just based on what he did with Blade Runner 2049, which almost also seemed kind of impossible. My biggest concern was that it would flop. I thought that it would come out and be genius and wonderful and that nobody would see it because mm-hmm. it's a weird story. I mean, um, you know, Star Wars has kind of taken a lot of elements from Dune and made them a lot easier to digest and more straightforward and entertaining whereas Dune is like this really long drawn out political sci-fi drama that is more akin to Game of Thrones than it is to Star Wars you know Mm -hmm. and um, you know the character Paul Atreides you have to anchor the movie around somebody so that's who you anchor it around but he's not it's weird to say this but he's not necessarily the main character it's hard to put it yeah I mean if you read the book it makes sense yeah he is and he's not he's yeah the central character which I actually think is part of what makes the first movie also incorrect um, yeah. because it like completely misunderstands the point of the savior character like in in um, Lynch's film and this one yes. seems to be this one seems to get it a, Denny yeah. gets it a bit more you know of course we only see half the movie but um, right right because yeah. it's just part one but and um, you know I just I, I have always loved the, the story you know I had a, like you I had I just I don't know it's a lot to take in the first time and so but it's so intriguing at the same time and it is such a rich universe and so I've always liked the story but I've always thought like even just trying to explain it to somebody else like in a sentence is like Mm -hmm. difficult to do so I just thought that would be really hard to do on film but I think what he did was perfect and a lot of the criticisms that people have about you know the white savior character and some of the other stuff is really going to get resolved for them in the future. I agree like it's it's because you're only seeing half the story you don't really get what else the you don't get what it's really about and what it's really doing but i think that denny plants the seeds for the rest really well um yes and so i um i just there are again kind of like west side story i think in this one there's some like there's just some shots where you're like i don't how do you do yeah yeah he loves doing like practical stuff and Mm -hmm. i think there's only like there's only one shot i don't like in the movie and it's like one of paul's dreams where he's fighting with the sardaukar or whatever um that part looks weird but i don't know why maybe that was because of the pandemic i don't know but um other than that it looks gorgeous the costumes are insane and uh the casting is so perfect i just couldn't even imagine a better cast for every single character um uh you know from from leto to you know stilgar just everybody is just so it's oh, a great duncan. casting and, can't forget duncan yeah just, and i duncan love that idaho, he also yeah, feels too. like he sits outside of the movie slightly which also <laughs> works for duncan yeah. idaho it's like it every, does because he's such a yeah. weird character chucky mm-hmm. kentucky yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just beautiful to look at and I can't stop thinking about that movie. I mean, literally feel like I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it and I'm rereading the book now. So anyway, that's my number one. No, that's a great, that's a great number one for good reasons. Um, my number one potentially surprising nobody is Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, really? Yeah, I was wondering why that hasn't come up yet. I was like, did that come out in 2022? No, it came out and I, it's, um, I just, Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters and so I think Don't say too much because I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Well, then, I, <laughs> all right. Well, then I then I won't say almost anything. Um, 
and I know Palmer hasn't All seen right. it, so it'll be a short conversation. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I just um, I I think that. It's, but I know everything that happened. Yeah, but I don't want to spoil anything for Lisa. So, and also knowing yeah. what happens is a lot different than seeing the movie. I know, like, so um, you know, so don't talk. Um, the I think it's it's a well constructed movie. It's 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 very well thought out as a character piece, um, which you can't really say for a lot of Marvel movies. That's not the case. Um, and so like some of them are great character movies and then a lot of them are like we got to get the thing to move to this bit to this bit to this bit to this bit okay movie's over and it was fun while it lasted but there's nothing further there than what you that you watched and I did not find that with Spider-Man No Way Home there's there's some some really good um, character work there's some nice subtext um, there's uh, there's just a, a big old love letter to Spider-Man and uh, I appreciated that and um, Palmer's number one pick which is also filled with nostalgia um but not necessarily built upon only nostalgia i think that i think no way home is a, a great example no way home is a great example of that because most of it is driven by the new um not by what came not by what came before um and uh and so yeah that's it's my number one is it the best out of my top 10 is like is the best made film no it's just the one that i enjoyed the most out of the out of my top 10 and what i'd probably revisit um first um quickly followed by dune if i must be honest because i've already watched it like three or four times <laughs> yeah so but i will say no more um because that is uh that is my number one palmer hasn't seen it and lisa hasn't seen it so i'll leave it there um but thank you all for the top to the top tens of 2021 that was quite a varied list actually i'm surprised that we didn't really, really cross over with one yeah. another. normally we do i was really happy with the amount of movies that we covered um so that was great uh lisa where can everybody find you uh you can find me on twitter i'm at iltm podcast i'm also on instagram and i love that movie podcast and you can listen to my podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to movies just search i love that movie excellent excellent and palmer where can people find you besides on academy rewind they can find me on twitter at academy rewind or on twitter at batwoman tv talk i also host batwoman tv talk which uh follows the cw show batwoman which is really great and you should watch it yes this season has been quite good uh it really has i need to catch up yeah it's been very yes you do um (laughs) and you can find me on timothy pg13 uh on twitter um and you uh can find me on academy rewind and beer with geeks and read up on the thought bubble audio network uh so but thank you all for coming rate and review us on itunes to find all the thought bubble shows on thoughtbubbleaudio.com um and probably some other stuff patreon.com slash thought bubble audio blah 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 so on and so forth all the stuff is in the show notes anyway so uh thanks for coming but they are playing us off so we're in the nick of time i have so many more people to thank too bad (laughs) Bye. bye bye